The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Um, what, I'm, what I've been doing this uh, for this year, or what I will be doing and am doing for this year is uh, doing interviews and also between the interviews, I'm going to be teaching Neville Goddard's The Law and the Promise very slowly, uh, you know, probably a couple of shows per chapter because the material is so good. And I want to encourage people to get the book and play with it. And if I do it slowly, like um, I'll teach it this week, I'm going to teach it next week, and then I'll probably take a couple of weeks off of it. And then I'll come back to it and, and et cetera until we finish the book. So if you did not listen to the original uh, show, which was done a couple of weeks back on the Law of the Promise, you, all you got to do is go through the archives, either through, on unity.fm or the Stitcher or iTunes. Not iTunes. Yeah, it is iTunes. iTunes. Uh, you can go back, listen to it, because I gave a lot of foundational work for what I'll be talking about that I'm not going to duplicate on this show or on shows going forward because I laid the foundation of Neville Goddard's concept around imagination by bringing in Charles Fillmore as a, as a ground or as a basement to start from. And then we build up from there. So if you didn't listen to that show, make sure you do. So I'm actually in the midst of, again, Neville Goddard's, uh, the law of the promise and the chapter, the first chapter that I was teaching, I only got, I think one page in one or two pages. No, I got three pages in last time is called imagining creates reality. Imagining creates reality. Now, one of the things that I do want to remind you is that to think is to image. Anytime you have a thought around something, you're actually imaging it, it you know, and those images also have meaning. So when you, what you are thinking and what you are feeling and what you are, the meaning that you are giving to things, in other words, what you accept is true, because the belief is just what you accept is true. It doesn't have to be true. These are the things that are shaping your own personal reality, your own personal existence. Reverend Coleman used to say, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. They're saying the same thing. And 
when we realize that that which I'm holding in my mind as my images is dictating my experience because I'm not going to outperform my consciousness. In other words, I'm not going to outperform how I image, how I think about a thing. So I'm not going to go back over what I taught last time. So I'm going to jump right into uh, on my book, page 12. And in the first paragraph in the middle of it, he, he writes, uh, he, he wrote that life is the continual solution of a continuously synthetic problem. Imagining creates events. The world created out of men's imagining compromises unnumbered warring beliefs. Therefore, there can never be a perfectly stable or static state. Today's events are bound to disturb yesterday's established order. Imaginative men and women invariably unsettle a pre-existing peace of mind. That's a lot. What is he saying? First of all, let's deal with it. Life is the continual solution of a continuously synthetic problem. What is that? Imagining creates reality or imagining creates events. Thoughts are things as within, so without. So he says the world, he's talking about what we call physical existence, created out of men's imagining. In other words, we're creating the world we live in. We create it. You know, the the things we value, the things we don't value, the things we accept is true, the things we don't accept is true, the things that have the different meanings to us. We create all of that. What we see, we show what that, that. you know, what we are thinking and feeling, we demonstrate. So therefore, he's saying that because we're all creating individual realities, he said we are creating unnumbered warring beliefs. In other words, we have a lot of things we accept as true. A lot of people accept a lot of different things to be true. They don't mean that they are true, but a People have a lot of beliefs. We have a lot of political beliefs. We have a lot of religious beliefs. We have a lot of relational beliefs. We have a lot of philosophical beliefs. We have a lot of beliefs about diet. What's the best exercise? What's the best TV show? What's the best movie? What's the best, et cetera, et cetera. People have beliefs, different types of beliefs. They have different type of values. They have different things that they like and don't like for a lot of different reasons. What does that create? He says, therefore, there can never be a perfectly stable or static state. In other words, how can you say that something is stable or static when life is consistently reimagining itself? When you want life to stand still, you are literally walking into a hurricane and fighting the wind. You're not going to make life stand still. The idea is not to stand still, is to create or form out of the goodness of God, the new state of goodness you desire to express in your life. In the Bible, it was taught this way. You can't live off of yesterday's manna. When Moses and the Hebrews left Egypt. They're, they were in the wilderness without food. And it said the Lord provided manna from heaven. It was some type of flaky food that that would form, um, you know, on the ground, on stuff or whatever that they could eat. It was edible. But here's the thing. It only lasted for a day, except on the day before the Sabbath. For whatever reason, it would uh, last two days the day before the Sabbath because the Hebrews weren't supposed to collect food on the Sabbath. They were supposed to rest. Now, here's what's funny about that. If they tried to collect too much manna, it would spoil. If they tried to use more manner or collect more manner than they could eat, it would spoil by the next day. 
And many times when we're trying to live off of yesterday's ideas, yesterday's thoughts, yesterday's feelings, yesterday's beliefs, they spoil when they have lived beyond their shelf life. Their relationships, that spoil. Their jobs, that spoil. <laughs> Their habits, that spoil. You used to love to do this and love to do that, and now you don't get anything out of it anymore. Because they serve their purpose, and now it's time to move on. And as the new things are trying to come forth, new desires, new images, new creativity is trying to come forth out of your soul. If you try to stay back there, you're doing what was told in the Bible not to do. When you're, when it's time to leave a place and a place mentally is a state of mind. When it's time to leave a place, like God told Lot and his family, don't look back. It says when Lot's wife looked back, she was turned into a pillar of salt. Salt is a preservative. Therefore, she got preserved in that state of mind and couldn't go forward. Some people are stuck in their past. And and they become mentally preserved in the past whether the the you know the adulation or the pain or the anger or the frustration or the fear or the anxiety they become preserved in it and if we want the new life that God working through us in us as us can deliver we have to learn how to eat the manna today and not look back. Now, be, why? Because today's events are, as Neville wrote, are bound to disturb yesterday's established order. So if spirit gives you something new and fresh, what are you going to do with it? This is what happened to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, as he wrote, was a Hebrew of Hebrews, tribe of Benjamin, as to the law, blameless, according to some translations. Means he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews when it came to practicing Jewish law. And then he had an encounter on the road to Damascus. And in his imagination, he saw, because it said the other people couldn't see Jesus appear in front of him. Paul, why do you persecute me? Or Saul at the time, why do you persecute me? And it says he was blinded. His And he had to go and somebody laid hands on him and, and he received his sight. But he just didn't receive sight. He received his insight that I have to release what I knew myself to be. And the training I thought I had so I can learn what is seeking to express through me. Why? Because it's never wrote. Today's events are bound to disturb yesterday's established order. I'm sure that there are many people, maybe even you, that the person that's listening or the people that are listening right now who had definite spiritual revelations. And because it didn't go along with what your pastor told you, your parents told you, grandmama told you, you didn't know how to deal with it and you left it alone. But let me say to you, always be true to your soul. And that which the spirit is trying to express through your soul uniquely, when you don't honor it, you won't have the peace. Now, what's crazy about it is some people, when they get revelations like that, they become 
because they're not ready to deal with it, they be, they become more extreme in the fundamentalism of their past. In other words, this is what the truth is, and this is what what it has to be, and I'm not trying to hear anything else. But this is one of the reasons why I love the term new thought. Because it says new thought. New thought. We're not living by the old thought. Ernest Holmes, the founder of was then called uh, religious science. Uh, some people call it science of mind. The the actual name of his organization now is Centers for Spiritual Living. But they study the text, the science of mind. He wrote that new thought is open at the top. What does that mean? That means that new thought is not dependent only on yesterday's revelation of God. If the only thing your new thought can teach you is what Fillmore, Holmes, Neville, Goldsmith, or whoever taught you, then you're not in the new thought yet. Now, their thoughts might be new to you, but you're supposed to take what they have and work with it so you can get your revelation. Reverend Coleman used to say, Reverend the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, that take what I give you and then put it with what God gave you. She was saying, just don't rely on what I'm giving you because God gave you something to use too. Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin, who was the uh, uh, past, just past president of UFBL, now, obviously, Reverend Sheila, Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeithen is the president. She used to always say to me when I was studying and ask a lot of questions, because if anybody knows me, when I get around experts in a particular field, I ask every question I can get out of them answered. I mean, I'm question, 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 question over and over again, because I believe that you take advantage of having experts in your space. And she was quite the Bible scholar. And she would look at me and say, okay, Galen, after you've done all of your research, you have to get to the point where you ask yourself, what do I believe about this? And that's what you have to do with your truth. What do I believe? Okay, I got it. Well, you know, Paul said in the book of Romans, da-da-da-da-da. And Jesus said in the book of Matthew, da-da-da-da-da. And Moses said in Deuteronomy, da-da-da-da-da. I get that. But Jesus says to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say that, you know, uh, you know, John the Baptist and et cetera. Who do you say that I am? That's what Jesus said to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? And I'm saying to you, who, what do you say this truth is? What is it to you? Really allow that to land. What is this truth to you? Do you really believe that your consciousness can create your experiences? Do you really believe that, as Charles Fillmore wrote, that you are the power of God in action? I love that statement, by the way. That's so dope. Do you really believe, as Neville wrote in this chapter, uh, the uh, Imagining Creates Reality in the Law and the Promise, where he wrote that acting at high tension, an imaginal act, is an immediate objective fact. In other words, if I can become so convinced in the image that I am holding in my mind that it is true that by divine law it has to demonstrate itself. It has to, not maybe, that the universe is dependent on God's divine order, that God can't contradict itself. That the universe would collapse on itself before God's law is not fulfilled in and of itself. 
Just think about that. Jesus said it this way. Pilate, do you, don't you, don't you realize that if I wanted to leave here, well, Pilate said, don't you know I got the power to kill, to, uh, the, the, kill you or set you free? He's like, you don't have any power over me unless it was given to you by my father in heaven, which meant that I'm choosing to be here because this is a part of something higher. He said, don't you know if I wanted to leave that a legion of angels would present itself? He was basically saying that that's Hebrew metaphoric talk to mean if I wanted to leave, you couldn't stop me. You might think you could you can stop me. You can't stop me. Because I know who I am. That's the understanding of imagining creation reality. So I'm looking at the clock and it looks like it's about time for our first break. So let's go ahead and knock that out. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download. Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, make sure you go to unity.fm, click on the giving button, and help support this online ministry. Uh, these shows go all over the world, and there are a lot of places that where they do not have access to this type of teaching. And you are literally helping transform the consciousness of the human race by supporting not only this show, but the other shows online on Unity Online Radio. And obviously, by so if you are connected to, and I would strongly suggest that you that you get connected to a local new thought center a unity universal foundation for better living divine science uh 
Centers for Spiritual Living, and I'm sure there are a lot of other independents. But make sure that you are part of the solution. Nothing gets changed without a change of mind. And we have to make sure that we are putting our money substance behind that which we say we believe in. It does matter because when we have a, when we go see a good movie, we tell everybody about it. We put it on social media, uh, et cetera. When we have our TV shows, we're dedicated to it and that's how they determine the ratings and how people, how much people pay for the commercials or organizations, et cetera. Uh, we, when we have a, we eat at a good restaurant. We tell people about it. We spend our money at the restaurant. We, we let people know so they can spend their money at the restaurant. Let people know how you are getting spiritually fed. Let people know that this show or somebody else's show or your local, uh, church or center or study group or online group or mastermind group or whatever is helping you be the fabulous person that you are. So let's just be mindful about that. Um, I also want to let you know if you do want to call in and ask questions, you can call in at 888-558-6489-888-558-6489. want to remind you that you can find out about events at Christ Universal Temple by going to our website, which is uh, www.cutemple.org, C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E.org, or you can go to the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page and get uh, up-to-date and current information. Currently, Reverend Wells is teaching uh, the Lenten text, Keep a True Lent. And we're also teaching the Lenten lessons between 12 and 1230, Monday through Friday at the church. So if you're in the local area or you're coming to Chicago and you want to stop by, bring your Keep It True Lent and come worship with us. We would love to see you. I also want to remind you just quickly about Panorama of Truth, which is the conference in August for the Universal Foundation for Better Living. You can go to the Christ Universal Temple uh, website and get more information on that as well. So. Let's get back to it. Now, he goes, as, as he stated, and, I'm, and I did a whole show just on, I mean, a whole first section of the show on three or four sentences, but let's just keep going. Imaginative men and women invariably unsettle a pre-existing peace of mind. So anytime you are functioning from the new revelation, you will disturb the old revelation or the old insights or the old ways or the old beliefs. It disturbs them. When, you know, when the Martin Luther King came along, along with those early civil rights leaders in the 1950s, they disturbed Jim Crow America. That mattered because, you know, it was uh, many reasons why people thought that uh, African Americans and other minorities should be second class citizens but what he did was he disturbed the pre-existing quote unquote peace of mind of those that were in the dominant position so what happened of course he was attacked house bombed you know you know, phones tapped by the government the whole type a whole nine you can go and research that on your own but what did it, but what was he really doing? He was saying, in, in God, everyone is equal. And according to our Constitution, all men are created equal and have the right to pursue life, liberty, or it says life, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So he was just saying, we don't want anything else other than what everybody else is getting. But that disturbed the pre-existing paradigm. And anytime someone comes and disturbs the pre-existing paradigm until it becomes the, until the new paradigm is, is, is established, it's disturbing to the old way of thinking. You know, when, when uh, women originally start coming in the workplace and like taking on uh, roles that they did not previously have, that was disturbing to some people and some men didn't know how to handle it. You know, um, I, I never forget when uh, Reverend Coleman was on Tavis Smiley 
the Tavis Smiley show, and she was on with a couple of other female ministers. And um, Tavis Smiley asked her, this was years ago, when he had a show on BET at 10 o'clock at night, Central Time at least. And he said to her, um, you know, uh, about, you know, women fighting through the the religious belief that women should not be ministers or uh, or head religious organizations. Reverend Coleman just said, look, I don't have time. I don't have time for any man to tell me what I can and can't do. I just create my own. If God told me to do it, I'm doing it because she was so free. Her paradigm did not allow her to accept that she had to uh, ask permission or convince somebody to allow her to do something. She said, I don't have to convince you to do anything. I'll just do it myself. And not only will I do it myself, I will outdo you doing the very thing that you do. That's how things get changed. That shifts the pre-existing order. And if you really want to change and shift life, realize that right here and right now that you can literally create a new way of being in your life. It doesn't make a difference how your family has lived, what they've been through, what you saw, the pain you've endured, etc. Do you want to be free now? Do you want to be whole now? Do you want to be prosperous now? Do you want to be healthy now? And if so, then get your mind right. He says in the next paragraph, do not bow before the dictates of facts and accept life on the basis of the world without. Don't bow to it. Jesus said it this way in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not judge according to appearances. Now, he said, excuse me, in the book of John, do not judge according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. Do not judge according to appearances. Don't bow to what what your five senses are telling you. Don't bow to what the world tells you is possible for you. Don't bow to it. Don't accept life. Don't settle. That's what he's saying. Don't settle that this is the way it has to be. He says, assert the supremacy. Oh, assert. That's a mental action. He's talking about mentally. Assert the supremacy of your imaginal acts over facts and put them, put all things in subject subjection to them. In other words, that. Again, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. Therefore, the thing is in the realm of form. The form is subjective to the thought. The thought is is subjective to the thinker. I am the thinker. Which means I get to decide. I get to choose. What shows up in my space? Because I'm literally making it. Now, can you accept that? He says, hold fast to your ideal in your imagination. Nothing can take it from you but your failure to persist in imagining the ideal realized. Imagine only such states that are of value or promise well. Be mindful the type of images that you are holding in your mind. For whatever reason, she's heavy on my mind today. But Reverend Coleman used to say you got a camera in your mind. And it's always taking pictures. Be careful of the images that you are holding. Be careful of the images because those images are driving inner conversations as well. That could be for your benefit. Or your detriment. Be mindful of the images that you're holding in mind. Some people are too busy fighting against stuff that they, instead of having the position of what they're standing for. Can you see your good in your mind? Can you see the new idea fulfilled in your mind? Can you see your body healthy in your mind? Can you see your relationship whole in your mind? Can you see your work 
fulfilled and satisfying in your mind. Can you see it? Can you see it? As the Apostle Paul wrote, calling those things that be not was that as though they were. That's what faith does. Or as the writer of the book of Hebrews wrote, the unknown writer. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can you hold it in your mind? He goes on to write Neville on page 12. Boy, I can't get off page 12. To attempt to change circumstances before you change your imaginal activity is to struggle against the very nature of things. In other words, you're working backwards. You're trying to change form before you change your mind. He goes on to say, there can be no outer change until there is first an imaginal change. Everything you do unaccompanied by an imaginal change is but futile readjustment of surfaces. What does that look like? You go from one bad relationship to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, because there's been no change of mind. You go to one unsatisfying job experience to another, to another, to another, because there's been no change in the mind. Uh, you know, year after year after year dealing with the same problems because there's been no change of mind. You know, the, uh, the savings and the financial, uh, um, wealth looks the same as, as it did 10 years ago. Because there's been no change in the mind. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. Stop expecting change when you're not willing to change your mind. Because you'll always pull yourself back into your old ways and habits. He goes on to say, imagining the wish fulfilled brings about a union with that state. And during that union, you behave in keeping with your imaginal change. So in other words, you create a state, a state of mind, a state of being that not only do you think an image, you feel, and then you speak, and then you act and react as if that state is real now. And people will say, well, isn't that lying? No, it is conditioning. It is using faith now i'm not i just want to be clear because i always tell people this this is my disclaimer if you're not at the state of consciousness where you can make the demonstration that you make especially when it comes to health go get help no different that if you were working with something spiritually and you couldn't get past, you would go talk to a minister for counseling and prayer to help you align where, you know, whereas that, phys- that, that medical doctor might be able to help you align so you can get back to being able to work on your mentality more. That being said, I totally and completely believe in spiritual healing. One, because I've demonstrated that in my own experience, so it's real to me, so nobody can take that from me. But I also realize that you have to work your way through some of this. But it doesn't change the principle. The principle still is imagining the wish fulfilled brings about a union with that state. And during that union, you behave in keeping with your imaginal change, which means I have to think, feel, speak, act, and react in alignment with my new state of consciousness. So he goes on to say, but on the next page, but whenever one state grows so stable as to become your constant mood, your habitual, your habitual attitude, then that habitual state defines your character and is true transformation. So we want to, we want this new state of mind to be stabilized and we want to destabilize the old state. So he says, how do you do it? Self-abandonment. 
That is the secret. You must abandon yourself mentally to your wish fulfilled and your love for the for that state. And in doing so, live in the new state and no more in the old state. You have to divorce yourself from the old state. And you have to marry mentally the new state. You have to become a union. You have to become one. When you stand in front of the minister, uh, the minister is basically telling the couple that that they have become one. They have become a union. And they're still individuals, but those two individuals become collectively together a union that that creates something that never existed before. Now, everybody knows that you can't be, you know, well, you shouldn't be married and still dipping off. That's the term for, that means cheating for people who don't listen to, uh, who don't live in America. Dipping, dipping off with the old boo. And that means that when you are seeking to demonstrate your new spiritual realization, your new health, you can't be you can't be dipping off with the old sick thoughts. When you're when you're creating a new state of prosperity in your mind, you can't be dipping off with the old thoughts of lack. When you're uh, working with your dream and realizing the state of your dream fulfilled, you can't dip off. So let's just be mindful with your old fears. So. It's time for the last break. So let's go ahead and knock that last break out and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. So Neville goes on to say on page 13 of my page of The Law and the Promise that you can't commit yourself to what you do not love. So the secret of self-commission is faith plus love. Faith is believing what is unbelievable. Commit yourself to the feeling of the wish fulfilled and faith that this act of self-commission will become a reality. It must become a reality because imagining creates reality. And this is powerful because faith and love together is a transformative uh, power. In the uh, book of Acts, Peter and John, Peter in unity metaphysics symbolizes faith, and John represents love. Meet the man at the gate called Beautiful. 
And it was the combination of faith and love that allowed this man to receive his healing. Uh, you can read more of that story in Elizabeth Sands Turner's um, Be Transformed. I'm not going to drill down on that right now. But the point of it is faith and love allow transformation to happen. Because you're not going. He says you're not going to commit to anything you don't love. Love allows commitment because it, love is a drawing, cementing, binding power. Get it? All right. Next paragraph. Imagination is both conservative and transformative. It is conservative when it builds its world from images supplied by memory and the evidence of the senses. It is uh, creatively transformative when it imagines things as they ought to be, building its world out of the generous dreams of fancy. So we get to decide how we use our imagination. We can allow it to be fulfilled by the images supplied by memory and the evidence of the senses only. Or we can get into our own mind and start to generate the images that we desire to have in our own lives and hold to those desires. In other words, part of the imagination's job is to catch the vision then it's our job to write the vision and make it plain. Who are we making it, writing it down and making it plain for? Ourselves. Can you see it? Can you make it plain in your own mind? All right. He says on page 14, if you would enter into the image in your imagination, then you will know what it is to be creatively transformative then you realize your wish and then you will be happy every image can be embodied but unless you you yourself enter the image and think from it it is incapable of birth so he said it's not good enough just to think about a thing you got to think from the thing that's that's subtle but it's a big difference it's one thing to see something it's another thing to think from it as if you're looking from the outside inside out instead of from the outside in in other words have your good so detailed in your mind as you work with it that it's a point of view that it's almost like point of view sort of like those movies um it was this horror movie that came out years ago i think it was called the blair witch project and it was a point of view horror movie where you where everywhere the camera went and moved you saw. So the idea of the movie was that when you went to this horror movie, you were in the experience. You weren't watching it. It was like you were in it. Now, I'm not suggesting go see the Blair Witch Project. What I am suggesting is see from within out of your dream. Just don't see your dream. See yourself in it. Because if you're in a thing, you, you're, not, you're not looking at you. You're looking at everything else. You're looking like you're in it and you're experiencing it. If not, you're going to give it, you're not going to give it birth. All right. He says, therefore, it is the height of folly to expect the wish to be realized by the mere passage of time. That which requires imaginative occupancy to produce its effect obviously cannot be affected without such occupancy. You cannot be in one image and not suffer the consequences of not being in another. In other words, you can't be you can't have one image uh, of your mind and expect to live in another image or another experience. So you can't be I'm a rich child of God in that image and at the same time being in the image of always worrying about how how peter's going to pay paul i'm not saying that you don't are not supposed to take care of your responsibilities what i'm saying is that we must get in cause we must get in cause you need to be mindful about that now are you in cause are you thinking from the standpoint of cause or are you thinking from the standpoint of the effect? New thought deals with cause. 
not effect. All right. Now, back to the book. Uh, on page 14, for one moment, he goes on to say, imagination is spiritual sensation. Enter the, to the image of the wish fulfilled and give it sensory vividness and tones of reality by mentally acting as you would were it a physical fact. You have to literally become vivid with it. Now I realize as I'm, uh, you know, that I taught most of this before, but I didn't get into this much detail. I wanted to get into the detail of this chapter because it does matter. It's, it's so much stuff in it. He says through spiritual sensation, that is through imaginal sight, what's happening in your imagination, imaginal sight, sound, scent, taste and touch. You can give to the image sensory vividness. You're on the beach in Jamaica and you're sitting by the pool and the people are bringing your virgin pina colada to you (laughs) or maybe not it might be something else in your imagination you feel the sun on your skin you feel the ocean breeze on your body that's vividness you have to have sunglasses on because the sun is bright You feel the sand in your toes. Vividness. You see yourself walking past the pool. You see yourself walking into the water and you feel the water up to your knees. You see the room. You see yourself looking outside of your room and you see the ocean. Vividness. Vividness. You're going, you're doing all this in your mind. You have to see it with that level of detail. And you don't do it once, you don't do it twice, you do it till you get to this place to where it is so firm and so real to you that it's the new state. You've divorced the old state. And you've married the new state of mind. You've become one with it. And now, as is stated in the Gospel of John, I go before you to prepare a place for you. I go before you to prepare a place. The place of what? The place of my now state of mind. My now state of mind has now go before me to prepare the place of my new state. Because how can I... Be in a state of lack, illness, and discord when I live in peace, health, and prosperity. So the so the law has to fulfill itself by bringing me to the state that I live in. This is the spiritual science that all religions are teaching that really teach about transformation are really saying. Not just new thought. Now, they might use different language and they might use some old religious terminology. Casting out demons and all that type of stuff, which is dealing with your own thoughts and adverse energies that are that are in the conscious and subconscious mind. But what it's really saying is this. That's not you're not living in that state anymore. You're living in this new state. And if you're living in this new state, then you have to have the experience of this new state. Because Emmett Fox says there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So he goes on to say on page 15. If you long to escape from your present state fixation to transform your present life into a dream of what might be might well be you need 
but imagine that you already that you are already what you want to be and feel the way you would expect to feel under such circumstances. Feeling gets the blessing. You have to get to the place to where you feel that is true. He says nothing stands at the end of that paragraph. Nothing stands between you and the fulfillment of your dreams, but facts. And facts are the creations of imagining. If you change your imagining, you will change the facts. As we used to say at CUT, face facts with truth. Facts change. He goes on to say on page 16, changing your life means changing the past. The causes of any present evil are the unrevised scenes of the past. The past and the present form the whole structure of man. They are carrying all of its contents with it. Any alteration of the content will result in an alteration in the present and future. So one of the things that we're going to talk about as we go forward is his chapter. When we get to a chapter three, where he calls turn the wheel backwards, where you revise the thoughts and beliefs of your past so they can give you a new present and a new future. So you're literally changing your past. So with that, we've run out of time. So I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. There's a story about a man who was looking for a new home. When he arrived at the gate of a city, he asked, Tell me what kind of people live here. The gatekeeper replied, Tell me about the people in the place you've come from. He answered, they were angry, self-centered, and dishonest. The gatekeeper said, they're just like that here. You wouldn't be happy. Move on. Later, another stranger arrived and asked the same question. The gatekeeper said, tell me about the people in your last town. She answered, oh, they were wonderful, kind, generous, and loving. The gatekeeper replied, the people of this town are just like that. Come on in. You'll be happy here. Often we see the world not as it is, but as we are. If you want to change the world, start with yourself. Be the kind of person you wish the rest of the world would be. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.